And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WJ Radio, Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Detroit Lions football. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Hello, Ken Brown. How you doing? All right. I was told by one of our people I listen to our podcast that I was being too uh, angry last week, even though I was telling everybody else to be calm about this season. So you, you feel that you hear the positiveness in me, don't you, Michael? Uh, very seldom. I'm talking about right now. You hear it coming out of exuding I, from me. I think it's forced. I really well, it do. is forced because I don't know. How, I was trying all night to find another example of a team to score 45 points and lost, and I don't know when the last time it happened, but it hasn't been that many, if ever. Well, no, 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 no. That game between the Rams and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Mexico, Mexico City, two, three years ago, I think it was 51 to 48. Jared Goff was the winning winning quarterback in that matchup. I know. I think it probably was three years ago. But, yeah, that, that's been done before, believe me. Not by the Lions, though, right? I don't think so. No, I don't know. Uh, now, I can only tell you about watching it. I was not at the game yesterday, so I was watching it on television. So I can only tell you about watching it on TV that I just thought it was a total lack of – fire on the defense forget about if they just were outplayed or just don't have the ability to actually play defense but when the other team doesn't punt and I don't see a helmet thrown I don't see the anger that you would see out of certain players if they were getting ran up and down the the field I, I didn't see that yesterday did you see the fire in that defense well I don't know if they got anything to fire with because they did get you know look the thing that struck me was I don't think it was like a sloppy comical game with, you know, turnovers and, and fumbles and all that. I mean, not not just up and down the field the whole game. I thought both teams, you know, and, and, you know, you got to give, you know, give the Seattle credit for getting an interception and a return for a touchdown. But I think both teams, you know, offensively earned what they got, and I think both they probably deserved defensively what they got. And and you know, Seattle had more to give than the Detroit Lions did. Look. It's the worst offense in football statistically, and it is by the eye by the eye test too. It's terrible. Well, let's we'll get in that in a minute because I want to sure, I want to know exactly why you think it's terrible. We'll get in that in a minute, but because just it so, is. yeah, but just, I'm talking about the reasons why. <laughs> just because it, but the reasons why yesterday that infuriated me the most. There were a couple plays that just infuriated me. One was. You know, when the refs blew the whistle and the play wasn't called yeah. back. I wasn't even mad at that play. That's not the play I'm mad at because that happens. The play after it I'm mad at where you just let a guy run for a touchdown. Forget about the first. You let him run for the touchdown after that play because it was it – it just, that just infuriated me, Mike. Was that Penny Rashad Penny? Yeah, it was Penny on a big run. You know, well, Warrior um, – a Warrior El Matadoro whiffed on him, the one person that could have tackled him even though he might have had the first, but he still – oh, he whiffs at him instead of, you know, actually trying to tackle him. And he just goes in for a touchdown. You, you, you're you almost at least to a field goal with him or off the field totally and you can get back in the game, a tie it, and you let you get, you get go down 14 again. Well, there were two plays to me, Ken, that, that – and I don't – which I get angry, but, but just looking shook my head. One was the roll right – uh, from right to left, when you're in, at the stadium, I don't know where you were, and wide wide receiver wide open in the end zone, no one near him, absolutely no one near him. It reminded me of Week One when Jalen Hurts had that run around right end and just and literally walked into the end zone. 
That's the that was number one, and number two, even more costly, I think, was third and five with what a minute to go somewhere in there, and they've got all five. They've got five. The Detroit Lions have five linemen. You know, all five are going to close the gaps and then ran right through them, yeah. right through them. Yeah, weren't even close. Yeah, that's the one to me. The game is on the line. You've heard me harp about this probably a million times. I'd like to find some sort of statistic that's not tackles. It's not. It's called winning plays, and those are winning plays. And the Detroit Lions, despite everything that happened, had a chance to make a winning play there and whiffed, absolutely whiffed. No, I can't argue that point. But I still think I still think they. I see you've been running right. It's not like you're out in the wind tunnel. I I I I, I, I said so. Calm down. I think that. I'm not going to calm down. I think that they would have went for it twice because that scenario is basically the same scenario as last week. If they didn't get it on third down and they got within two yards of that first, they were going to go for it on fourth. Okay, but we'll get the fourth down after. I know. I'm just saying for people that think that. Um, there's nothing. It's not against the rules to be, to get it on to get them on fourth. No, but I'm, these are the people last week who were dogging Dan Campbell. Or whatever it was, the exact same scenario this time. But they got theirs on third down. The Lions didn't, and that that's the difference in a week from one week to another getting the ball back. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But um, I I I'm gonna tell you right now. And I asked you about this earlier, and for the people out there. So has my answer been rehearsed? I you never gave it to me because I refuse to hear from you. I refuse to hear from you. I have no problem with them getting one side of the ball to be great and then work on the other side afterward. I don't want them to be mediocre on both sides of the ball because that's your that's your way to an eight nine record and you know making the playoffs once every four years. I don't want that. What they've done, and I'm saying Brad Holmes is he's made one side of the ball great. They're, they're a great offense. I'm, there's no way around it. You can you can say whatever you want, how lucky who they play. They're a great <laughs> offensive team. They have everything well, covered on that team. Offensive line, skill position players, and a functional quarterback that's way above average. I just want to add one thing there, and, and I, I, I agree with you, by the way, but I want to add one thing. Let's, there's somebody here who deserves some credit for this, and that's Bob Quinn, the former general manager, who basically built that offensive line through drafts and whatever else they did, those are really, including including Evan Brown, the backup center and guard that they claimed on waivers I think, on Christmas Eve a couple years ago. So give him credit for that, and the rest goes to Brad Holmes. Uh, but I, I agree with you, and I, I'll tell you a quick story if you don't mind. I once interviewed uh, Lovey Smith, the head coach then of, of the uh, Chicago Bears, and he inherited a pretty good offense, but they kept drafting and adding, I'm sorry, defense, pretty good defense. But they kept adding to it until I think they had the number one or number two defense in the National Football League. And I asked him why he did that, and he said, because I want to have one side of the de- of the team be really good. And they got to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it. And eventually he got fired because he couldn't generate an offense. But it's been done before. Yeah, it's been done before. And, and I'm, not I'm-, saying, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. Because you'll you know we'll see the results, but they've got to do something defensively, Kenny, or they're never going to get anywhere. Well, yeah, and you're either going to be the San Diego Chargers of the '80s that never could get over the hump because they just didn't play enough D. They had the great well, let's offense. Let's get to the hump. Over it. Let's well, I'm saying the they hump. never get. Well, that, that Miami playoff game to me that was over the hump. 
when they the, the big Kellen Winslow game. I don't want to get oh, deep in it. Don't yeah. give me this. You got me back. You always dragging me yeah. back to the eighties. I'm trying to stay up here. But anyway, eighties, eighties is truly new to me. I know, but they, I hate to tell you, this, but the eighties was forty two years ago, Mike. It may be new to you, but it was forty two years ago. Um, so they they can be the San Diego Chargers. Or they can develop and become, I don't want to say it because people are going to start laughing, but if you get a defense to go with the offense, you become the 49ers of the 80s. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. the point you're at now. 81, you know, four Super Bowls. I yeah, but they had an offense and they developed a defense enough to win. Nobody's asking to beat those 85 Bears on defense, but if you can get their worst in the league now, they're 32nd. If by the end of the year they're between 25, if they're in the top 25, I would consider a defensive success. You know, Ken, I put together some statistics. Just uh, This is about as unscientific. I mean, if, if football statistics are scientific, about as unscientific as it can get. But, but you know, we would used to call this the first quarter, but I don't know, is it a quarter? It's a quarter, and the first schedule? quarter of the next game is the actual first quarter. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> if you look at the comparisons offensively and defensively compared to last year, there, there is no comparison. I mean, the offense – yeah, like like almost a hundred yards more per game, seventy more yards more passing, sixty or fifty or whatever it is more rushing, and all of that, and more points. The defense completely the opposite, completely. And both teams have undergone a, a you know a significant change since the end of last season. The Lions have a new offensive scheme under their new you know rookie, if you want to call it that, rookie offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. The Lions have you know the same coordinator in, in Anthony Glenn, but they've got a new system. They went from a, you know they went from the three-four read and react to the four-man front attack, and it hasn't taken. It, the, the the difference is, is absolutely stunning. How many more yards they're giving up rushing, passing, and points? They're not even in the ballpark. Yeah, who's the who's the? But Mike, this is my point when you say this thing. And I remember I'm not telling I, you what's happened. I'm not taking a stand. No, 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 but I'm just one. trying to elaborate more to your point. And I said this years ago with the Patricia defenses. Who is the leader on the defense? Who's the one player that's a leader? Right now it's a rookie. And it's not the first pick rookie. Oh, oh, oh you're talking about Rodriguez uh, is basically the leader out there to I me. Mean, I don't see Tracy Walker was, but since he got hurt, who is the leader of the defense? Yeah, that's a good question, and I don't I don't know that they have one. I think uh, that's a problem. If you I can't think, well, come out problem. with a name right I, now, I that's think, a problem. Well, if I was gonna if I was gonna name one, I'd be Alex Anzalone. But I don't. You, know, I don't you can know only lead do. by your play. You've got to be good. Yeah, you got to be good. You can't. Good. That's right. like uh, the the ML car. You know, you can wear that tile on the bench all you want, but Larry Bird, you got Larry Bird, Parrish, or McHale, one of those guys is the one that's going to lead the team. You know, ML Carr can do all that, but we don't need an ML oh, Carr out there. Wait a second. Wait a second. If we're going to go back to the 80s and 70s, let's at least keep it the football, okay? All right. All right. Thank you very all much. Right. Now. You know what? Throw in the towel on this reverie. <laughs> right. So, defensively, I want to see some changes. This 4 2 5 to me. I, I I think they should throw three linebackers out there, you know, on, on you most know, I, downs. I don't. I, I really don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't think I, I, it's not a linebacker-driven uh, league anymore. Unless you've got you know, like uh, some of the, like the guy up in, in uh, with with the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not the Patriots. The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks guys like that. White. Yeah. yeah if you've De- got a De- White, Devin White. Player, right, Devin yeah. White. 
you got a superior player, okay, but it's a little tough. I'll tell you one thing I'd look at, and this is just me now. You know, they, they signed Jared Davis to the practice squad for a reason. Well, guess what? I have 555 reasons to, to, to play him, and that was the 555 Mike, yards. Mike, yes. You yes. have been listening to my conversation on the way into work today. I, I said that I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, on the way into work. I said the exact same thing. I don't know. Now I'm scared because I'm actually agreeing <laughs> with you. Now I'm terrified. As a matter of fact, after I leave this podcast, I'm going to visit Henry Ford Health Care and see if they can look me over because I agree. I, I Mike, I just said that about an hour ago. I said I would bring Derek Davis back up for for one thing. You know, he may make a few mistakes, but he will make a player too every game that'll help you win. Kenny, on, on, on third and five, you tell him, you fill this gap. Guess what he's going to do? He's going he's to hit it. He's going to hit that gap. Yeah. And I'd like you know to what? see him and Rodriguez, like you said, on a play like that because each of them is right. going to fill a gap. But, Mike, we can talk about the linebackers, which I did, so I'm, I'm taking blame for that. I said I wanted more of them out there. The failure of this defense is in that defensive line. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. you can talk about the backfield, defensive backfield, whatever. They're only as good as those first four guys. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it is so hard to cover the National Football League. It's even hard, it's even hard in college now. Right, well, look at Akuda. Look it's at Akuda yesterday. Rules. Look at Akuda yesterday. On the score sheet, it looked like Metcalf burned him 149 yards, was wearing him out. I thought Akuda played a decent game. He played fine. I thought he, he played, played fine. Yeah, but right. like I said, you if you're going to hold guys to seven seconds and let the guy sit back there and throw, because on the one deep one to um, Metcalf, I think it was any of the first half or whatever, where he got down to, like, the one. Akuto stepped for step with him, but he had seven seconds to throw the ball. He lobbed it up. He went and got it. He was bigger than Akuto. He got it. There's nothing, it's nothing I, you well, can do. Bigger. Kenny, that is one big dude. Man, he is your mouth. Who can man. run? Man. Who can run? He's not Megatron, no, though. Let's get that out. I know no, they tried to say Megatron. that. But he's the next. No, he's but, the next ball. He's a Minitron. If Megatron well, Megatron, he's Minitron. Well, he's Minitron with better hands than Megatron, though. Yeah, but he's he's not as fluid to me. He doesn't jump like Megatron did. He doesn't have that. Well, very few ability. people too. But I'll tell you one thing: when he went into those Olympic trials for the for the hundred meter yeah. dash, well, he got exposed. But guess what? He ran ten eight. No, he can run. He can run. Yeah, he can run. That's that's moving. He can run, especially at that size. So, I want to see. Hopefully. We're here at the press conference today that some of these injured guys are coming back because you got two second-round picks the last two years that you need to help you. But think about this. If you had those two second-round picks well, playing and well, you had – How do we know they haven't played? I'm saying, but if you had them in a the rotation, they're, they're just – even if Josh, they're rotation they're like, guys, if they're in a the rotation. Josh Graschel didn't even practice. He did practice in a minicamp. Well, he did practice in a minicamp. Well, well, and he flashed in a minicamp a little bit too. Some skills. He did flash skills in the minicamp. Uh, well, you saw more than I did. I did because I was looking at him. I was looking at him. I, just, but, I haven't seen him. But like I said, I, I trust Brad uh, Holmes drafting. I think these guys could be in the rotation this year, and I want to see what they can get out of. Number two, a loss that nobody's talking about now, but it's big, looming big right now, is John Penasini. Oh, I, I agree with you. That's, I a, agree big, with that's you. a big loss that nobody's talking I, about. Because he was I one of those we were, guys you could stick in there, and he was going to occupy some space. We were talking to Dan Campbell about that, and you know, John Penasini, for people who don't remember, spent a couple of years here in Detroit as a sixth round draft pick, I believe, out of Utah or Utah State. Kenny, one of those two. Yeah, I think it was and, Utah. Uh, it, 
I think so. Maybe and, Utah, uh, I don't know. Somewhere out west. Far the way to here. he said about him is somewhere west of here. You can't move him. Right. You can't move him. Yeah. You, you can't. That that spot, and you know, it was not great lateral movement or anything like that. But that spot, he owns it. Yep. But he had uh, he had a family issue, and had a long discussion with uh, with you know with uh, Dan Campbell, who's really well, great with players and stuff like this. He really is. They talked it. I told you know what you're you know what you're doing, what you're giving up, and all that. Think it over. Look, it would not surprise me if John Penasini called today. They'd send a jet out there to get him. Man, please! I would have been <laughs> on his doorstep after the game last night. Well, I'll fly but, you back home every night, if, if it, yeah, if so you well, can it, just be there for practicing games, and you could go back home the rest of the week. You know, and I sort of admire Penasini for doing what he thinks is the right thing. No, I certainly don't. But I hope yeah, whatever his issue is, they it gets resolved in his favor, and right. he can come back. If not this year, next year, or whenever, right. because like I said, I think he can make a little, some money in this game, Absolutely. and he's a good player. Absolutely. Now, yes, he is. now, I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the office. I, I looked at PFF's uh, scores today. Kirby Joseph ranked high. You know, he got burned for the first touchdown or whatever, but oh. they ranked him high. Maybe I'm, I, I have to go back and look at the game now and see what I saw. But they said he played okay. Well, first of all, okay is not good enough. And well, look, I mean, I'm, he ranked I'm, high, Mike, on these scores. It wasn't like a average score. So I, I got to yeah, go back I'm, and look. I'm, I'm surprised. I know. I got to go what? back and look. When you do that, do, do, first do it with your right eye, then your left eye, then both <laughs> eyes, to make sure you're looking at the same at the right guy. Right. Okay? Well, let's talk about the offense. First of all, let's get this out the way. Uh, Quintess Cephas' injury of the week has happened again. I don't know how long yeah. it's going to be out, but this is going to be one of those cases, and he's starting to remind me of these guys that had the talent but just couldn't stay healthy, and you just got to move on. Look, he could have been a guy who had an eight- or nine-year career as the fourth receiver, maybe the fifth or whatever, but he'd have been in the league and made some dough and you know had a nice, nice cushion to start the rest of his life. But what's the old line? The greatest ability is, is availability. He doesn't have it. Yep, yep. And I, I hate now, to he say, just came off. He just came off. He wasn't on the injured list, but he'd been, you know, he'd been out unavailable. I think he played two games in bingo. And the biggest recipient of his not being available is Josh Reynolds, because I'm telling you right now, Josh Reynolds to me has solidified himself in that rotation. You know, he was he was yeah, like right on the borderline he's... at the beginning of the year because you had brought shit out, DJ Chalk in, and you had. You know, St. Brown, and you had other guys that were out there, and you had Jamison Williams coming on. But Reynolds, to me, since he got here, he solidified himself as a as as a, as one of the good members of this offense. Yeah, I think he's like the. I think I would consider him the third or fourth receiver. You know, something like yeah, that. Which is what we want Cephas to be. Plus, I think that depends on how you characterize uh, uh, T.J. Hawkinson too. I mean, I think I think look, you get him the ball, get him rolling, get him humming. You saw what he did yesterday. Now, he's not going to do that every game. No tight end. Why didn't you, you know, let me uh, – you're talking about Reynolds, right? No, I'm talking about T.J. Well, we're going to get to that. See, you always jumping in when I'm trying well, to no, set this I'm, up. I was going to get to T.J. last, but you wanted to jump well, in. We said, were talking no, about but, Reynolds. Let's talk about and, Reynolds. And, and, and I segued. Don't segue. I'll do the segue in here. You do the responding. I'll do the segue well, since you already took my segue, I'll let you segue into it. The guy who I said, and, I, and I'm ashamed of you when we talk about T.J. Hawkinson, too, because you should have been co-signing what I said the last few weeks that I, I expected to see more out of him. You were like, he's okay. He's okay. I said, no, he's not. It's so much no. more in him. 
that you can no, get out of. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But look, they've, they've got they've got guys who get the ball. That's what I asked. That's what I my question for him yesterday was: Does this have you started to feel like you've been rediscovered here? And he said, No. He said, We have so many guys who get the ball. It's it's it just depends on when it's your turn. Now I don't know if deep down in his heart he really likes that. That's I a cop out. The ball. That's a yeah. cop out. Because I'm gonna tell you I right now. You just not know it's a guy who's not causing problems. Yeah, not you don't necessarily have to cause problems, but either the coaching is bad on that or he's not demanding the ball enough. But there are certain situations, like I'm going to tell you right now, on plays like that fourth and four last week in Minnesota or play a third and one play or whatever, he got to say, look, just get me the ball. I got a little guy on me. I'm better than him. And I, that's not being that's not being disruptive. He just got to – he has the talent. We saw it yesterday. We've seen it no, last no year. His listen, first listen, game they, of his career was a hundred-yard game against the Arizona Cardinals. Look, we look. We saw. Look, we've seen him. Look, we've seen him at his best. And two years ago, he made the Pro Bowl. And in spite of what the critics and a couple of windbags who remain remain un, 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 unidentified, you know, he was on his way to another Pro Bowl last year. He had what sixty-one 60 catches, some catches after, right? After after what eleven games, twelve games, mm-hmm. that's a lot of catches yeah. for a tight end. Everybody sees the the two top two or three guys who get a, you know ninety catches, a hundred catches, and then it falls off, right. falls right off the cliff, down to the second tier players. Yeah, and I'm not worried about quantity from him, even though I was, I think oh, his quantity, quantity. should go. But I want to see some quality plays, and there are times in that game, and when Jamison Williams gets back in there. And you got St. Brown on your lower level. You got uh, Jameis Williams going to be in the up level. There's going to be a lot of room around there for him. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you think this offense is humming now, if they all stay healthy and Jameson is half of what he think we is, what I what people think he is, they're going to hum. They're going to well, hum. Can I just when you keep saying when when Jameson Williams gets back, he hasn't been there. Yet. I know, but I count so it as gets back. back. Well, he's getting back on the field. I didn't say where the last field he was on, but he is getting back on the field. And when he gets back on the field, you know, the first thing the coaches should tell him? What? Don't carry the football with you, okay? We're going (laughs) to throw it to you when we want you to have it. Leave the football on the sideline. Exactly. Now, number two, another guy that was kind of maligned yesterday, I think proved himself some more, is that is the running back Williams. I thought people oh, were absolutely, yeah. I Good thought people back. were yeah. starting to question if he had any running left in him. Or he was just loud talking all the time out there. But he, he proved he could still carry the load when you need him. Yeah, he had what, hundred and uh, hundred and eight yards, yards, I believe. On nineteen carries, he had two touchdowns. He now after four games has six touchdowns. He leads the national football league in touchdowns. Yes, he even though about two or three of those were Swifts carried it down to the end, and he took it in. But that's okay. Well, that's still touchdowns. Is there something wrong with being good at short yardage? Still touchdowns. Um, also, yesterday, the kicker should have – they should have ran him out of the Silverdome and maybe the state. Well, I put it on Twitter. I, there's a kicker ever been cut at halftime. <laughs> I mean, it's just demoralizing to miss an extra point on your well, first score. Well, on your first so score. It's just, it just demoralizes you as a team. Damn! Now we got now we got to go for two. Oh yeah, but now we got to go for two later in the game, or this could be big. And then he missed another one. Yeah, and he plus also made a kickoff out of bounds. Man, Mike, I would have had trials at halftime. You know when they used to drop the uh, the uh, thing out the envelope into the super into the shopping carts at halftime and stuff. I'd have had kicking competition out there. I said we can find somebody for the second half. Come on down. 
Wait, what are you talking about? Remember the old days that the Target used to do the thing on the floor field at halftime where they dropped like uh, envelopes of money out the uh, like a blimp and you used to catch it with the shopping cart? You never saw those? Man, you were always working at halftime, but they, they used to be like a big. That was a big uh, promotion. The Lions used to do. I wasn't. I wasn't working. I was over there at the, at the ice cream. Bro, okay, ice cream. I'm about to say. I know you weren't looking at it, but that was a big promotion where they would drop envelopes and you had to catch it in a shopping uh, cart. But that's what I said. I would have kicking competition out there. Here's All the thing right. about here's the here's the thing about Kenny. Just let me throw in one thing here. What do you what do you look at? How do you look at the Lions after four games now? I thought they would be two and two. Yeah. Better offensively, worse defensively than I thought they would yeah. be. But like I told yeah. you, I expected this team to be an eight or nine win team, and I still I haven't changed it a bit because I just think that if you're four and four after eight games, the second half is when teams win or lose in this league. It's not the first half. Rarely a team. Sometimes a team. Remember the uh, see. I'm about to do it again. Eighty Lions started out four and zero and didn't make the playoffs. No, they had some weird things happen. I know they finished nine and seven though. I'm just saying. Yep. It's not the first half. It's the second half. You stick around in the first half. They finished nine and seven and they missed the playoffs because Ahmad Rashad caught a deflected ball for a touchdown. Right. But my point being though, even though you're four and zero, if you don't finish strong. No, it doesn't hurt, and I think this team is—I think this team is going to finish strong. I just do. Even well, the, if you think about Barry Sanders' first year, remember they won the five in a row at the end or whatever. Five in a row. It yep. set up. It didn't set them up for the next year because they were six and ten, but it set them up for that run they made two years 91, later. Yeah, ninety-one through well, look, ninety-one through ninety-seven with right. Barry, and then ninety-one through two two thousand. They had seven winning seasons that there. They had three three years with double digit wins. Two years that they won the NFC what uh, Central title. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Look, I look. I've watched a little bit of the Green Bay Packers. They can be had. They and you see, me, Minnesota can be had. You've seen well, yeah, that uh, Green had. Bay can be had. And I'm gonna tell you right, right now, Chicago is the worst team in the division. I don't care what anybody says. You got a quarterback throwing for 100 yards a game. Uh, it comes when he, when he plays the Lions, he'll throw for 300, but nevertheless. Um, what does he average, a nine, nine, nine passes? Yeah, 15 a passes a week or something. So, I mean, this thing is there, but you got to do it right. That's my whole thing. And I think they're doing it the right way. Everybody's excited. Everybody wants Aaron Glenn fired today. Unless Aaron Glenn's going to well, go back out there and play. And I'm not saying he's the greatest play caller in the world. I, there's been some mistakes. But he, he can only do with what he has. Well, I mean, here's one thing about Aaron Glenn, and I'm not, not look, I'm not, excuse me, calling for his firing or anything like this, but I will say this: you cannot let emotion and friendship influence these decisions. You really can't, because you know what'll happen? You'll all be gone. What do you I'm mean by saying, that? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying, look, if you just hang on to a guy who you think is, and, and he's not doing the job. For whatever reason, you just can't. Well, I'm going to hang on to him because he's. We're close and we're friends. Because you're going to end up. You're going to end up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to be out the door. But I'm not saying that that's the case right. and all that. I'm just before you start, you know, get too emotional and all that. You've got to make decisions as a head coach that some of them you don't want to make, but you have to. Right. But no, I think it's. I think it's way too early for that. Way too early. Uh, that shouldn't be in the conversation this year. Now, you want to have a conversation in the no. offseason or whatever. And the only way I see you replacing guy, everybody talking about Anthony Lynn last year, there were other problems with why Anthony Lynn got relieved of duty. It wasn't all about the offense. It was a lot of problems, and I'm going to leave it at that. It wasn't just because they weren't scoring. 
So, I like Anthony Lynn. I do too, but I'm just saying there was some uh, personality conflicts, let's just say, between people. Him and the quarterback. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but just it was right. There was some personality conflicts. So, there was more than just. Aaron Glenn has his guys in the room, they follow him. It's just that I just think that lack of talent, lack of. Lack of uh, experience, and they need a leader. I think those are the three things. If you do that, they can get better. And like I said, if they get back to within 25, the top 25 by the end of the year, and the offense stays where it is, you'll have a a good season. I ain't say a a great season. You'll you'll, you'll, you'll be all right with what's going on. And I'm all right with what's going on now. Well, let me just tell you, I hesitate to say this, but it sort of validates what you're saying. So, you know, as much as I as much as I regret saying that you might be onto something, I've got to say something. And you go back to 1987, 1988, in those two years, the Detroit Lions drafted Jerry Ball, uh, Benny Blades, and Chris Spielman, and those were three strong leaders: linebacker, defensive tackle, and a safety. Three strong, and I mean strong strong leaders who were Pro Bowl players. Right. The Detroit Lions do not have any of that. Right. Not even close defensively. Right. None of it. And that's so what, that, was, that was my Tracy Walker beef. Yeah. As good yeah, as Tracy Walker was, he's yeah. still not in that category of no, those players. I, don't, I think he was a good player, just good. Now, players that can become one of those three, Hutchinson, if he plays good, has the potential because yeah. he's got the personality. He's a hard worker, but he's got to play. He's got the, the, the third part. you got to be a player. Um, Rodriguez, years down Rodrigo. the line, could do. He could do it. Yeah, but Rodrigo. they're rookies right now, so really they're not. That's why I said, bring a guy like Jared Davis back. It can't get any worse. Well, we would have, <laughs> we would have said that yesterday at halftime, and it did get worse. Yeah, that's true, too. All you right, know. Mike, I'm going to wrap it up there because I've been yakking long enough. Uh, next week they play the Matt Patricia-led uh, – New England Patriots. New England Patriots with one of the quarterbacks I was looking at, the Lions to draft in the later round, probably going to be starting, Mr. Zappy, Mr. Brick Zappy. Yep. And uh, another test. And uh, you know what? Everything is forgotten if you win this week from last week. Well, what you're st- if, you, if they win that next week, they can beat the Patriots. You're going to lament even more the loss of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but so, you usually that, lament. That one's, that but one's you lament. The, the laments come at the end of the season. Right now, you just move I'm, on to the I'm, next no. one. But I'm, you're I'm only lamenting. as good as your last right. game. I'm lamenting. Well, you can lament it by yourself, Mike. I'm going to give you time to lament by yourself. Have a good time mm-hmm. lamenting this afternoon. Didn't, didn't Lament play for the Tigers? What yes, 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 Jim, Jim Lament. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Michael here at DetroitLions.com. Uh, Ken Brown, WJ Radio, listen to Frank Ragnow this afternoon, 5.30, and we'll find out about what he thinks of the 1-3 in three Detroit Lions. That's Ken Brown, and we are out. <laughs>